Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. So we are seeing some mixed trade in both the grain and livestock futures here as we go through the mid-session. And Chip, uh, of course, the grains were kind of squaring up here ahead of the WASD and uh, the other data dump that we're going to get tomorrow from USDA, right? Yeah, I mean, it's surprising that we uh, haven't had at least a, a dead cat bounce going into that. It, it shocks me yeah. that uh, as far as we've stretched these markets, corn and beans, and especially to the downside, that we're not getting a little bit of uh, short covering, a little bounce into this report. We also have a long weekend, right? There's no uh, markets Monday for Martin Luther King Day, uh, at least on the grain and livestock. Some of the energy and equity markets are open, but a uh, long weekend ahead of us, massive amount of information on the report tomorrow. And yet uh, this uh, grain market seems just to be dead in the water. There's such a bearish uh, you know, tone to it that we can't even get some short covering ahead of this uh, January crop report. Yeah, but when you lean this bearish going into a report, do you have a, any bearishness already worked into prices? Yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, we've got a tremendous amount of bearishness built in, I think, not only around these reports. Now, the average estimate is just for steady uh, as far as yields go. But obviously wide variance there. But, you know, as the South American uh, production numbers from Conab yesterday, you know, those uh, were lower, uh, but, you know, didn't give the market enough bullish uh, news to, to rally. So, you know, to your point, yes, uh, it could probably easily be a neutral or even slightly bearish report and see a bounce into the long weekend just because we've factored in so much bearishness here. But uh, we need almost a news spark, right? We're lacking some some bullish fundamental news. The funds are in sell mode. They're selling every rally. And so at least for the time being, um, in, until the funds have something to push back against their selling, uh, they're winning the game right now. Yeah. And like you said, the Conab numbers yesterday were a little disappointing because they're slow stepping coming down on both corn and beans to where the private estimates are. But USDA isn't going to probably show much of a decrease on South American production either, are they tomorrow? No, I would doubt it. Uh, USDA usually is kind of the, the last one to change. They're the follower when it comes to world markets. Um, now, Conab, you know, they're taking a measured approach. It was, uh, what, about a 5 million ton cut, at least on the bean side. And I think they cut the corn number just a little bit. But, you know, to their uh, benefit, or I guess to, to, to argue on their side, they've got plenty of time to figure out what that crop size is. And they are aggressive and will be aggressive if there needs to be further cuts. There's still a massive amount of, of variance low to high on what's expected out of this uh, Brazil bean crop. I mean, there's some uh, boots on the ground private analysts uh, in Brazil thinking that you could be sub 140, maybe in the 130s on that crop. And certainly there's a lot of estimates uh, in the low to mid 140s. So, uh, you know, there's still could be a little bit of a shock on this thing. It just might take a couple months until we get deeper into harvest down there to figure out really what uh, the extent of the drought damage was. Yeah, but will Argentina make up for that chip? Because Rosario Grain Exchange came out with a record corn number here this morning, and I think uh, they were up on soybeans and almost twice what they had last year for production. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the argument, I guess, on the bearish camp, that uh, we're going to be down a little bit in Brazil, but it's going to be more than offset uh, out of Argentina. Um, may or may not be, right? Argentina, remember, uh, it doesn't typically put out a ton of raw bean exports. That Those come from Brazil, um, such a huge crush industry in Argentina that most of those beans are you know, held internally and crushed and then uh, oil and meal 
our exporters. So the logistic part of this, um, you know, still remains to be seen. There's a lot of questions out there regarding that. But certainly uh, Argentina is uh, bouncing back from a year ago. They've had plenty of moisture down there. Uh, you don't hear much out of that. You don't you don't you don't hear the extremes like you, you heard yeah. last year. And typically when you don't hear uh, horror stories, it means things are pretty good. And, and I do think Argentina is going to partially offset uh, some of the Brazil losses. But I, I don't know that the market has a real good indication yet of just how deep those Brazil losses are. If we're down in the 140s, I, I don't know that Argentina can overcome that. If it's a 153, 155 crop in Brazil, yes, Argentina's um, gains this year are likely going to offset those losses in Brazil. Yeah. You and I have talked before about Brazil's got to be at least below 150 to make this market move for sure on beans. Okay, what about quarterly stocks? How big of a wild card could that be? Yeah, I think it's always a wild card. Um, you know, I think that there's probably not going to be a huge shock on yields. Touch higher, touch lower. Probably not going to be much of a, of a change on uh, acreage. You know, maybe a small tweak here and there. Uh, the demand side, same, you know, small tweaks here and there. Um, and so the world numbers we talked about probably don't matter a lot. It really may come down to the wheat acreage and the quarterly stocks. And the quarterly stocks are always a wild card. It is impossible to gauge those, um, you know, big misses from, from low to high. And so if there's going to be a shock, it's likely going to come from the quarterly stocks number because they're, they're difficult to gauge at any point in time, let alone the January crop report with all the other information that's going to come along with it. Yeah. Exports this morning, uh, pretty weak. What did you think as far as... You know, was it because it was a holiday week or because we're seeing shipping issues or is the demand just not there? Well, let's hope it's holiday week. Um, it, it was nothing to write home about. We finally did see a flash sale this morning of corn to Mexico. So, you know, maybe corn's gotten to a level that's a little more attractive to uh, to world end users. So, you know, I think the story, uh, the, the answer to your question remains to be seen. I think we get, we're going to need to see a, a nice bounce going into the end of January and the first half of February. You get into March, April, and that's typically when, at least from the bean perspective, you've got Brazil kind of filling that pipeline with their new crop harvest. So, you know, we've got a window here, but we need to start seeing uh, these uh, exports bump up pretty quickly, uh, maybe as soon as next week, or we maybe have some deeper cuts to go on the demand side. Yeah. And corn and wheat both lower. Wheat seems to be dragging down corn, but is it a function of weather or the higher dollar in response to the CPI data this morning? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, wheat's kind of stuck in a range here. Um, you know, the funds are still short. You know, they kind of threatened with a couple closes above the 50-day moving average a couple weeks ago uh, to come out of that short. They didn't seem to, to do much of that. And now we're back kind of in this sloppy range. So the dollar rallying probably isn't helping. The rest of the outside markets are, are a little bit tame here. The equities, the interest rate market, a little bit tame, tamer than I thought they would be after this CPI report coming in a little bit hotter on inflation than what the market expected. So uh, again, you, you're still kind of in holiday mode. Sometimes it takes to get in the last half of January, get into February before some of this volume and open interest comes back. So a uh, little bit of a, of, a, of an unknown here on the financial market side as well. Yeah. And I thought maybe after the last two days, corn might be trying to put a low in, but it looks like we're down testing the contract lows again, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, we are so overextended on a short-term, uh, overbought, oversold. Uh, we couldn't uh, about be as as more oversold as we uh, we are right now in corn and beans. So, 
I'm scratching my head as much as anybody right now with the action today ahead of a major report, ahead of a long weekend. Uh, I think it could set up for kind of a, you know, buy the rumor, sell the fact type thing where you get a neutral to bearish report tomorrow. There's no follow through and maybe you put a, uh, the start of a short covering rally in, but there's just such a bearish uh, consensus right now. Um, you know, to me, we're getting people leaning, uh, you know, to all on the one side of the boat. We could easily tip this thing over and, and have a nice rally, but it's going to take some sort of a spark likely out of uh, Brazil crop production. And that's still maybe a few weeks down the road to, to know more about that. Yeah, it's been an ugly start to the year. That is for darn sure. Uh, cattle market, we're back up after some weakness early on. So is that market anticipating better cash trade or are we trying to put a little weather premium in? I think a little bit of both. You know, I think the the cash, um, you know, trade and, and trend, uh, at least for the last two or three weeks, has been higher. So you haven't seen much of a reaction to the upside in the cattle market. I think the best thing to be said is we're kind of going in a sideways uh, basing uh, mode here. It tells me that maybe the funds are done with their massive repositioning as far as coming out of their massive long position they held for 18 months. Um, it seems like with better cash trade, the futures are still content to have a little bit of a discount. So I think that's all good news for February, March, but it's going to take some stability and some rallying in the cash to continue to uh, drag futures higher. So I think the best can be said is uh, we're going sideways. Little bit of weather premium, I think, uh, from the blizzard and snow and cold conditions being put in today. But I think um, if the cash trade can continue, we could put six or eight bucks on this market, uh, you know, going into in the end of February, March, but it is going to be cash uh, led and it has to be cash led. So far it's doing the job and the future's a little bit reluctant to, you know, play, play ball right now. Well, they did try to go up, but we ran into chart resistance, I think, didn't we? Uh, we, we certainly did, uh, you know, at the top end of that range that we've been in and uh, it's made, um, you know, some money to, to play that range, you know, selling the upside, buying the downside. That's, that's made money for three weeks here. Uh, but eventually that range is narrow enough that you're going to have movement uh, out of it. Um, my guess would be higher, but again, it's it's going to be cash, uh, cash led. And it, something that is a little strange to me is we continue to have this, this discount to where it looks like the cash market is. So there's still a bearish tone to, and maybe that's just kind of licking our wounds and and some post-traumatic stress syndrome from the massive sell-off we had that was fund-led, but it doesn't appear like the funds have any more interest in being aggressively short or just massively selling each rally. So that's why I think that eventually you'll break out to the top side of this range, but certainly we're kind of back towards the top end of it today, and it's been resistant so far. Okay, thanks for joining us. Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing, that is Markets Now.